Well, hello and welcome to the Brian Hornback podcast. This is episode number 32. Uh, and I know I've said that we're going to get more consistent here. And when I say we, I'm talking about me. Um, but, you know, a uh, few things have gotten in the way. Um, but hey, we're here for episode 32. Uh, and uh, want to thank you for listening. Uh, this past week has been an interesting week in Knox County, Tennessee. And, and the world, really. Um, so let's just kind of talk about Knox County real quick because um, that's kind of what we got going on. Um, it's uh, The city of Knoxville election is going on this year. Uh, there's five city council members up for re-election. Um, a lot of things going on there. But it looks like that the, the county election of 2022 is kind of jumping uh it's kind of jumping the um, the the city election. Uh, this week, uh, Sherry Witt, our Knox County clerk, uh, had a campaign kickoff on Wednesday at, out at Chesapeake's on Parkside Drive in West Knoxville. It was very well attended, very successful uh, kickoff for her campaign. Uh, as of now, she has no opponent, and uh, I would anticipate, uh, I would be surprised if Sherry has an opponent. Uh, simply because uh, when she won three years ago, three and a half years ago, well, three years ago, um, you know, she had a fairly spirited campaign with a with a with a now former legislator, uh, <clears throat> and she won that race fairly convincingly, um, very well convincingly. So <clears throat> she's done a great job bringing that office back uh, to. Um, to some sense of normalcy, some sense of um, of professionalism. Uh, I believe the employees are very happy now, um, and um, and uh, the citizens are happy. Um, so things are going very well in the clerk's office. Uh, the next night, uh, Tom Spangler, uh, the Knox County Sheriff, kicked off his campaign out at Concord Marina uh, and uh, had a good crowd from what I can tell. I was not able to attend. I had a, a family commitment, uh, but uh, some folks sent me some pictures. Uh, and so that story's up on brianhornback.com. Um, and so that race is um, is off and running. Uh, he does have a challenger uh, in former Sheriff Jimmy J.J. Jones. Uh, no um, word on, on when uh, Sheriff Jones is going to kick off his campaign, but he's obviously uh, already got some money in the bank uh, because he's got some billboards up. Um, and so, um, that race is fast and furious, uh, here right at a year before the, well, just less than a year now, uh, the primaries made the, the Republican and Democrat primaries made the third of 2022. So we're less than a year out. Um, this coming week, um, I know that Dino Cole, who is a Knoxville lawyer, uh, is having a campaign kickoff on Monday. Uh, he's actually going to be challenging, uh, sitting chancellor, Clarence Eddie Pridemore uh, in the Republican primary May 3rd. And also uh, on th this coming Thursday, Justin Biggs, at-large county commissioner, um, will be um, kicking off his uh, campaign for the Knox County trustee. Um, Biggs has worked in that office for a number of years uh, as the delinquent um, tax administrator, the delinquent administrator, uh, folks who don't pay their uh, taxes in a number of years um, run the risk of um, their property being sold. Um, uh, 
and so uh, he is the delinquent tax administrator, um, and um, and he's been in that office, like I say, for a number of years. Uh, Ed Shouse is term limited, so he can't run for uh, election again. Uh, so he will. Um, so um, Biggs is running for that seat. Um, so we'll see how that transpires. But um, then um, there's some more things coming up on the city elections. Uh, so I'll be letting you know more about that as we get closer. Uh, filing deadline should be fast approaching um, on that one. We have, um, of course, the city and county budgets are going on. Of course, the Knox County school system um, had an interesting meeting um, this past Wednesday night. Um, you know, I've said it before, history has a chance of repeating itself. And I witnessed something Wednesday night um, that was history repeating itself. And that was... Um, that was the um, the situation with um, Daniel Watson, uh, the fairly new school board member, had um, had come with a proposal about security and, and some some things that you know going on in the school system, um, and he did it the right way. Okay, he brought it to the school board work session, got a lot of input, created a resolution. Um, presented that resolution to the school board, and there was only three people that supported it. It was uh, Ebony Satterfield from the first district. Uh, her district is the one that includes the Austin East High School, where uh, Anthony Thompson Jr. Uh, lost his life at the hands of um, KPD officers in a bathroom um, by shooting. Um, and um, so Ebony Satterfield voted for it, Jennifer Owen voted for it, and then Daniel Watson. The other six board members voted no on the resolution. And it, when, I, when I say history repeats itself, I was on the school board 20 years ago. Uh, and there was a lot of things that I was able to accomplish in four years. But there were also some things that I wanted to accomplish that it seemed like I was just spinning my wheels. Uh, I, I would talk uh, in work session and, and come up with, with what I thought everyone was in agreement with. And then when it come to a vote, it didn't happen. And uh, really, uh, that's what happened Wednesday night was that Daniel Watson had come and they had an extensive conversation work session. He had recrafted the resolution. Uh, he presented it, but they still voted down. And so it, it seems when you're in that position, uh, when I was in that position 20 years ago, you know, you just feel like you just feel like you're not just feel like you're spinning your wheels. You, it's, it's, it's just working you know, work, work for no reason. And so, um, you know, I hope that Watson will continue, uh, to keep up the fight. Um, he's, um, he defeated, um, Tony Norman, a former, uh, black Wednesday, Knox County commissioner. Um, and, um, he, um, Norman, um, very much needed to be replaced. Uh, no doubt about it. Now, I think, uh, I think folks didn't realize that Daniel was maybe um, more of a more of a left-leaning social justice uh, 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 warrior, uh, but um, you know I don't um, I don't have a problem with that. Um, he does I think he does a great job in what he's doing, uh, and um, 
and you know i i may not agree with daniel on on everything i may disagree with daniel on more than i agree with him on but i'm about the first amendment and standing for what you believe in and um and i think that's that's critically important um some things going on outside um uh some interesting things that are going on outside the county um there was a story on wvlt yesterday um that would be uh, friday the 14th of may uh, of 2021 um and i give those dates because i realize that these things are going to be archived forever and people are going to be able to listen to them forever um and so that's why i give the context but uh down in monroe county uh wvlt had a video uh that had a uh, some had a jail employee that uh, jumped an inmate um and um and beat the inmate and there were other officers standing by uh, and so that story went up on my went up on brianhornback.com uh, obviously sharing what wvlt had done or what wvlt had reported uh then amanda hara one of the um one of the knox county uh or one of the wvlt uh, co-anchors uh, came back and uh, updated the story and said that the Monroe County Sheriff said that all the employees that are in that video uh, are no longer employed at the Monroe County Jail. So that's actually that's actually a bit of good news because you um, Monroe County has 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 an interesting history. Um, uh, you know, it's south of it's south of knoxville north of uh, cleveland and chattanooga um you know it's um made up of several communities madisonville is uh, where the monroe county seat is located uh sweetwater teleco plains um and so um it's an interesting county and interesting politics uh just not recently uh booze on uh, march the first the uh, monroe county school board um parted ways with the director of schools and never really cited what the what the what the reasons for her departure were um so that that's interesting uh and so uh basically they just had a school board meeting uh where very little was discussed about what she had done wrong uh and so they bought her contract out or are buying her contract out and they replaced her with an interim director of schools um so Monroe County, inter interesting little, interesting little place. Um, then, um, you know, it's just um, a lot of different things going on. Obviously, uh, nationally, uh, Liz Cheney has been replaced as the number three uh, Republican Congress uh, person in, in in the in the Republican leadership in the U.S. House of Representatives. She was replaced by a congresswoman from new york who is a staunch trump supporter um you know i don't um unlike a lot of folks um i don't i don't make or break my republicanism on trump or against trump i think what liz cheney did was she tried to uh pander to the anti-trump crowd uh and it's just within the republican party it's just not there yet um you know we we've got the gas we got the gas situation going on uh this week this past week and and going into this weekend this is being recorded on saturday may the 15th um and so um 
you know, that, that, that reflects on, on the, on the Democrat control in the, in the Congress and the Senate and the presidency. Um, and so, uh, you know, granted that, you know, yes, I understand that the reason that the pipeline stopped was because of a cyber attack from Russia. Um, but, um, you know, the, the gas prices have, have risen, um, since Biden's been in office, and obviously that that's a lot to do with one the Keystone Pipeline being shut down, to the um, the left's agenda on climate and uh, some of the some of the things they want to put into place over that. Uh, so it's um it's an interesting dynamic. I think I think there, I think really and truthfully, when you look at an organization, um, the leadership, and, and again we're talking about the congressional Republican leadership. You really can't have a lone wolf out there. Um, I've been that lone wolf for a number of years, and so I understand what the lone wolf is. Okay, um, but you can't have someone in leadership who is contrary to what the other two, uh, the number one and number two, um, are thinking and doing within the within the group. Um, is Ellie? Is Ellie Stefik? I think that's how you say her name. Is is she the right person? Um, maybe, maybe not. Time will tell. Um, but um, we'll just we'll just have to wait and see. It's uh, one of those situations where um, you, um, you you can't have somebody out there that's continually bad mouthing, um, almost unfairly, the former president uh, and. The, the last guy that got the majority of the Republicans nationwide to vote for him. Um, and so, you know, I, I think a change did need to be made. Um, and uh, so Liz Cheney, uh, obviously she still keeps her seat in the Congress. That's not going to change. Uh, and uh, she's just not the number three in Republican leadership of, of the, of the Republican caucus. So um, that's going on. A lot of other things going on with, with the uh, investigation of Matt Gates or, or the investigation that's linked to Matt Gates, uh, you know, there was some underage uh, sex. There was some sex that was paid for. Uh, report all all this allegations, all this, um, uh, and so um, you, um, you, it's just one of those situations where, um, you know, so that's that's breaking. Uh, someone who was uh, once called the wingman, uh, to, um, uh, to Gates, uh, has pled guilty or has some, something coming up this week. Um, so that will be interesting to see how that, well, how that transpires out, uh, and how that affects Gates. If, if there's anything that comes out on Gates, uh, Gates was going to be the, uh, Lincoln day dinner speaker in 2020, but um, because of COVID, uh, that Lincoln Day dinner didn't happen. Um, <clears throat> I have reported that um, we have uh, the Knox County Republican Party, the chairman, Daniel Herrera, has announced that um, they've gotten uh, Charlie Kirk, who is um, the, the founder of Turning Point, uh, as their confirmed speaker. They've been working on trying to get Ron DeSantis from Florida up here as, uh, up to Knoxville as well. For that, uh, for that Lincoln Day dinner, it looks like it's going to be toward the end of August. Uh, is is what they're tentatively scheduling um, 
on that on that date. So as soon as tickets are available, I think that's going to happen next week or two. Uh, obviously, we'll get that out uh, so that those of you that are uh, fans of Charlie Kirk uh, or Politicos, you're uh, you can secure your tickets uh, for that event. Um, it's um, we're seeing a lot of um, big crowds at these local Republican clubs. Um, attended the Concord Farragut Club, I guess a week ago this past Thursday. There was probably about 40, 45 people there. Uh, the speaker was Larson Jay, the uh, uh, commissioner at large, and currently serving as the uh, chairman of the county commission. Um, and um, his opponent uh, was there as well. Uh, so not only are we seeing more activist grassroots folks showing up at these Republican club meetings, but we're seeing obviously candidates that are that are preparing to run in 2022 showing up as well and starting to do some of the uh, grassroots stuff uh, that is necessary to do in order to mount a successful campaign. Um, and so, um, so the Republican clubs have been, uh, have been an interesting uh, dynamic. Um, and so we'll continue to see those um, I'm sure um, get more popular. Uh, this past Monday, the uh, West Knox Republican club, um, voted to censor um, Eddie Manis, uh, the um, state representative for District 18, which is West Knoxville. Um, I'm not sure how effective that censure is going to be. I mean, the clubs are operate separately and autonomously from from the county party. Um, best of my recollection, uh, Manis did not attend the West Knox Problem Club when he was running for office. Uh, so I'm not sure that 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 uh, censure is uh, necessarily going to bother him one way or another. Uh, but um, my understanding, I did not get to attend the meeting because there was a public hearing on the Knox County um, budget uh, that the county commission had uh, just before that. Uh, so I had attended that and, and was on my way home because uh, I'd worked the day uh, the, that day and went to that budget hearing and decided it was time to go home instead of going to the West Knox Republican Club. And because um, I knew somebody would tell me what was going on. So uh, my understanding is they're sending a letter uh, to the other, the three folks that vouched for Manus back, when was it, last year uh, that he got elected. So about this time last year, uh, that was the big, the big, the big talk. It's how Manus was, um, had voted in, in the March uh, twenty. The March 2021 20, um, Democrat primary for president, and then he became a Republican candidate because um, of three um, elected officials vouched for him. Uh, so my understanding is the West Knox Problem Club is going to send letters to those three folks asking them to explain their vouch. Um, so probably not heard the last of it. Uh, you won't have seen that um, on BrianHornback.com. I did. Uh, when I saw the West Knox Problem Club report it on their Facebook, I did share it on the BrianHornback.com Facebook page. So you might want to be following me there um, for stuff like that uh, that doesn't necessarily make it to the, the actual website. So, again, uh, I appreciate you joining me today uh, for this episode 32 and um, hope that we will um, talk again in the very near future. Uh, you all have a great day and uh, check out brianhornback.com and I greatly appreciate it. Have a good one.